passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. What's going on, everybody? This is Colby Marshall with the Believe in Rugby podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? This is available in your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com, at Believe in Rugby on Instagram, and at Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. On this week's episode, we will be joined by a couple of special Iona Rugby alumni in Matt Crow and Sean Hardiman. So I got to sit down with these two dudes a few weeks ago, and we had a really interesting chat that I think you guys are going to enjoy. The two of them are good buddies. Matt is a longtime friend of mine. Uh, He goes by Crow, his last name. And so Crow, he's a guy that I met during my first year playing. We became close uh, all those years ago. And he's done a lot of off the field for Iona. So um, he'll get into... Uh, he'll get into that a little bit and as well as his breaking point that he experienced while he was in college which sort of lit a fire under him to start uh, to make him that made him want to start making a difference within his community and then Sean um, also goes by the nickname of Irish he was a big time player for us when we were really starting to turn the corner as a top team in the nation and uh, he's going to share his unique rugby story and then later on in the episode uh, both of those guys are going to reminisce about some of the players that they played with and honestly they share some really cool and fun stories that I think you guys are going to like and uh, all the while they'll also be making their ultimate Iona 15 side so sit back and enjoy so you guys went to Iona at different points um, Irish you, you went there from 2011 to 2015, is that right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, my first year was, was uh, the f- the fall of 2012, I think, was my first year. And mm-hmm. then I graduated 2016, yeah. And it's interesting that you also go by a nickname. You go by Irish. <laughs> it's funny because uh, <laughs> that's the only nickname that, you know, when I was, when I came into, I don't know, college rugby, you know, everyone was, it was just the culture to do rugby. And uh, Bruce came into the pro, like into the program, into the scene, my junior year. And um, he was like, he, he was like, no, <laughs> no nicknames. So there was, no one was allowed to use nicknames, except he just continued calling me Irish. So it was just, <laughs> it's just stuck every, ever since, you know, there was a ton of, 
kids that had nicknames at the time um, that, you know, no longer stuck. Um, mine was just like, it ended up sticking because I think for Bruce, it was easy to yell Irish, you know, just like it was, it was good to yell that. So like, how did you get that nickname? Why would he yell Irish? So it was, I forget who it was given to me by, but um, my dad, my, um, like obviously my, my family's from Ireland. I was born here, um, but my family's from Ireland. So most of my family lives in Ireland. So I spent a lot of time there as a kid. And uh, we ended up just kind of, when I, I was playing rugby in and out kind of my whole life, not necessarily competitively, but just, you know, around with my cousins and stuff like that. And uh, my dad was also a pretty, you know, dedicated rugby player himself in Ireland where he played for some pretty elite squads over there. Uh, so it ended up when I came back and I started playing competitively with Iona, um, we, it, the, you know, I told, I told them about my background and they were just like, we want to call you Irish. And that's just pretty much how it stuck and it just stayed that way ever since. Um, not anything really significant or cool about it. I think it was just like, you know, you're on a rugby team um, and you go to an Irish, you know, an Irish school, like Iona has Irish roots. Um, they're going, you know, it just made sense. Let's call this kid Irish. So you didn't even play rugby in high school. Um, I, what I used to do is um, I was pretty competitive in other sports. Um, so, but at the, in the summer, um, I'd spend, um, time, you know, in and around clubs throughout my childhood with my dad. Um, and they had like camps and stuff where I would do camps. And, um, I think my first ever competitive game was in high school. Um, I think it was a sevens game for my dad's, you know, my dad's club, but it mm -hmm. was, it was kids. And, um, then my cousin came, my cousin was here at the time and he was playing with the team here in the Boston area and uh, I played with him, but no, my first competitive dead like team was Iona. Yeah. In 2015, uh, you were an integral part of, this was your senior year. You're pretty integral part of the Iona offense um, as, as the scrum half. And you obviously played a big part in that upset win over army who were the number one team in the nation at the time. That was the high right there, Colby. That was the high, highlight of the hi, highlight of my life right there. It was, it was Army <laughs> game. About, yeah, talk about that game. Oh, that game, you know. So the build-up to that game was we knew we were there as a team. Like that 2015 fall team was just like the dedication across the board, from, like the buy-in from that team was just so – Great. I mean, you, you, you guys probably remember like the dedication okay. that, yeah. of that season. You remember like, I remember coming into training camp and it was just like, first thing that season, Bruce was like, we, he brings us into the weight room and he was like, pick three guys to do those three combined have to do 30 pull-ups. And um, I remember saying to Bruce, I'll do 30 right now for you. And he was like, yeah, okay. And I get on and I do like 37 pull-ups. The next thing, LeVar gets on to, I think it was the bar next to me, and he does like 34 pull-ups or something. And then Moro does 30 pull-ups. And like the, all these kids are just, we're all like, we're there. We're ready. We're like, there was no playing games anymore. 
Mm -hmm. um, at that point. Uh, the best part about that story is I'm going to call this, <laughs> call him out as John, shot, uh, John Delara could only do 23. <laughs> which is <laughs> The best part of that story. He could, he could do 30 in a row. That, uh, that is the best part. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was dying, but that, you know, that buildup we had, I think it was wheeling Jesuit. We had cuts down and those are all games that we lost by. We should have won. You know, we outplayed those teams. Um, and like army was our last chance because injuries were seriously building up. And then the atmosphere there, just that game was just like the atmosphere. The crowd was crazy. People don't believe me when I tell them that there was roughly five, six, seven thousand people there. I think because um, I've been to the homecoming game since, but um, it was nothing to that comparison. That was, uh, I think, I forget the reason why Iona had such a big turnout that year, but uh, it was just, I guess it was just like everyone kind of gathered in that area at the time for homecoming. It was, it was something big. And, well, uh, everything about it was perfect to have that atmosphere because we had the main three o'clock slot time. Yes. So by that yes. time, everyone's there for homecoming, and then they hear a bunch of cheers. They hear a bunch of stuff on the scoreboard. They hear the little horn that um, signals that we scored, and then more and more people flock over, and that just already adds to the two or 3,000 people that were already there for the game, and then you double that with the other people that were there for other events yeah. that realized, hey, why don't we go see the main event on the main field? Yeah, and I think there was a ton of buildup with the team at that point. You know, our team was getting, uh, I mean, not the press that the team gets now, but, you know, there was word of mouth like, hey, this, this team is good. Like, they're, n they're not joking around. I think probably the season before that, my, um, my junior year, which was the 2000, what was it, 2014, 2015 season, we lost to army by a try at their field. Mm -hmm. And um, that was pretty heartbreaking. Cause I remember it was cold. It was raining. Um, and it was a, it was a heartbreaking loss. I think they won in like the last, you know, 10 minutes of the game and uh, homecoming at Iona was just like, we knew everyone knew going in like, this is, we have to win this game. We don't have a choice. In my opinion, that's what legitimized the program. Oh, I would say so, 100%. Yeah, like that, that crowd too, like anyone coming there to watch that game, it was um, that, you know, that made the program known like, hey, Iona Rugby is here. Like, they're serious. They're not, they're not going away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And that turned out to be true. Yeah, and look at the club now. It's just, you know, the, everyone knows of Iona College Rugby, even here in Boston. Um, whereas, you know, I would go, I remember I was playing with club teams here during my freshman, sophomore year. I'd be like, yeah, I play Iona College. No one knew. And now walking around and playing, you know, walking around with my own Iona Rugby uh, shirt, people would be like, oh, you play for Iona? I'd be like, yeah, I play for Iona back uh like in 2016 or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we know of Iona. 
John Delera has a really nice story. Um, after the CRC went over Cutstown in 2018, uh, he was walking in the tunnel with, with Connor Buckley and little kids run up to him and they want to take pictures with them and have their autographs. That's crazy. Yeah, like it was something that he's obviously never experienced before. And I don't think any yeah. adult player has ever experienced that before. No. And the growth of rugby now is yeah. it's really taken – you know, it's really on the uptick and it's really growing quite rapidly. And uh, for Iona to be prominent at this time, it's, it's huge. Crow, you were also an A-side starter for the entirety of your career. Um, but as much as you were a, uh, a good player on the field, you were even more valuable off the field for the Iona community and uh, all the initiatives that you spearheaded through being a part of the campus ministry. Um, talk about what made you push as hard as you did for doing things like the midnight run where you gave out food and supplies to homeless people in New York City. Uh, what did you learn from those experiences and why, uh, what made you push so hard for them in the first place? Yeah, so something with me that I've always kind of grown up with is that it, it's not good to have all your rings in one hat. It's good to go into different fields. It's good to ex explore your options, what your environment has to offer. And I knew that Iona had a very rich tradition in service. And, you know, my first semester of my sophomore year, the the year that we lived together, you know, I was going through a little bit of a rut and I was thinking, you know, I, I need something new. I need something to, you know, something other than rugby to kind of like not uh, reinvigorate me, but ju just, you know, something else to pique my interest. Mm -hmm. And I uh, looked into the campus ministry and I really liked what they had to offer um, my freshman year, I went on a midnight run trip only because my RA um, asked me to sign up for it as his community service thing for the dorm. And I went on it. And, you know, for, for those that don't are not familiar with the program, it's a program where. So what I did is I would get about 30 to 40 kids and once a month I would drive them into New York city with pre-packed sandwiches and about, you know, 30 winter jackets, 30 shirts, 30 pairs of pants, 30 pairs of shoes. It's just stuff that gets them through the winter. And, you know, a, a lot of people would think right away that, you know, a winter coat gets them through that time, which it does, but, just as much as that is the conversations that you'll have with these homeless people that, you know, sometimes that's their only conversation for two weeks, which goes into the mental health aspect of it as well, which I'm also happy is getting more attention. But um, yeah, I, it was just something that I really wanted to be a part of um, something that, you know, I'm so lucky that I was born to, good situation with two loving parents and you know have a had a grew up in a stable household and but not all these people were given that same opportunity and it's not their fault and um i thought that the least i could do is help them in that little way no matter how big or small it was to them that's awesome and 
your efforts didn't go unnoticed. You were nominated for the Life of Significance Award in 2018, the, uh, the award that's awarded annually to uh, rugby collegiate athletes who demonstrate uh, integrity, respect, and loyalty to their community. Was that something that, uh, that surprised you? Like, how did you hear about that? Um, yeah, well, um, Bruce was actually the one that nominated me. And when he told me, I was really honored. Um, he, there was, what, there's, um, that year we had 15 guys practicing and he could have chosen the other 14, but he chose me. So I was really appreciative that he thought that I could represent Iona, that I could represent what we stand for, what the school stands for. And, uh, you know, I wasn't lucky enough to win it. Um, they actually chose someone from Harvard who wasn't even in the main tournament. He was in the, the lower tournament, but, uh, might be some collusion there. Yeah. A little collusion. <laughs> there was, uh, uh, you know, that, that's, that's for the next podcast. But, uh, but yeah, um, it, it was an honor to be nominated and I'm glad I got to experience that. That's awesome. If you, if you don't mind, I'll, I just want to say that, uh, you know, once you meet, crow's parents you understand the person he is you know crow kind of understand understates what he does but to do what crow does is not easy and um i think he's a really good person to have around definitely to represent the program and uh i think everyone's really appreciative of crow and everything that he does for you know not just the program but everyone yeah and like you said it stems from his parents. I mean, when you meet them, whenever I meet Crow's parents, the, the, you know, it's always about me and giving me advice and next steps I should take. Mm -hmm. And at, you know, at the time you're just like, you don't really think about like, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, yeah, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. But, um, they really care, which is, it's unbelievable. So similar to last week's pod, uh, we're going to play a little squad building game. And this Let's time, we you are going to work together to build the ultimate Iona 15 side. Obviously, there are a lot of names to choose from. Um, but you guys are going to do the best that you can to build, build your squad. What do you think about that? Sounds good. So we're, we're working together to build one team. Yes, you're working together. And you can okay. choose any Iona player that's ever played, and that's whether that's a player that came before you guys, a player you played with, or a player that came after. All right, so Crow's my first out. He's not making, <laughs> making the team. <laughs> so I guess we can start with the forward pack. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's interesting because Irish knows some guys from 2012 to 2014 that I'm not very familiar with. And I know some guys from 2016 to 2019 that he's not right. very familiar with. Right. I thought that would make this pretty interesting. I think we could both agree on a prop, which is, for me, probably Tyler. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Tyler should – it was – I think he came in, started right away as a freshman. And um, he was – he was like, when he was playing prop for us, he was just – an impact player right away. He made his presence known on the field. Um, his rucking is phenomenal. Him in the scrum is so sturdy. Uh, I would definitely put, for me, I would definitely put Tyler at prop for one. 
Uh, and then yeah, I, yeah, I, I I definitely agree. Um, Tyler's gonna get carries, run as hard as anyone. Um, he's gonna ruck. He's not gonna miss any tackle he's supposed to make. Um, he's uh, you haven't seen him play in a few years, but for for sevens, he was very skilled. Um, for a prop, he's I there may be a a prop just as skilled as he is, but there's not any prop that's as skilled as he is. Yeah. yeah. He's a bit overqualified. <laughs> For me, I think another pretty easy one is uh, putting Nandi at number one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to fight that. Uh, definitely because of where he, you know, there's a bunch of guys that would come into consideration that come to my head. But he definitely, you know, Nandi was the most consistent over the four years, 100%. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, well, he actually played five. Yeah, I was, I, uh, as soon as I said that, I was like, should I correct myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say five, but I'll just try to get get away with it. But yeah, uh, I, w- I wouldn't argue with not Nandi, yeah. Nice. Okay. Who you got for Hooker? Um, for me, and uh, I know, you know, uh, coming out, there's more, but. I don't think there's any argument for me. It's it's Andrew Rossi. Yeah, same for me. Um, Just, yeah. This is a guy that <laughs> he had like six knee surgeries or something. And uh, <laughs> he tore his ACLs. Both his knees were just like non-existent. And he was just uh, the most stru- – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like structured, foundational player. And reliable player and leader. He was probably uh, arguably the best captain we've ever had on the field. Yeah. It would, if Rossi was there, you shut up and listen. Like he's talking. And um, yeah, mine hands down is Rossi. Yeah. And like once the season was over, uh, Rossi would invite guys to his to his house to work out. Like unbelievable, unbelievable time guys for Rossi to work out. Did you ever do that, Kobe? I never did that, unfortunately. Oh, it was so it was it was so much fun. Uh, it was just like <laughs> straight farm workouts, and yeah. it was just it was awesome. Yeah, I went to Rossi's farm one time, summer going into my sophomore year. It was uh, it was like late July, and it was a Friday afternoon, and I'm at work at my uh, my garbage man job, and I get a call from Bolty. And he, pick, I mean, I haven't talked to him like a month. I'm like, all right, what's this guy going to say? And then I pick up and he goes, hey, what are you doing in two hours? Like, oh, I actually got off work in two hours. Why? What's up? Like, oh, okay, great. I'm going to be at your house then. I'm going to drive you to Rhode Island and we're going to work out at Andrew Rossi's farm. <laughs> like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and uh, we went for the whole weekend and I have never had more fun training in my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, like, the guys, you know, it's everyone's pushing each other so hard when they're there. It's unbelievable. So what were you guys doing? Uh, the famous one was uh, the carpool. The carpool was so – it was the a great team-building exercise. Yeah, you would, we would have, like – what was it? It was probably, like, maybe, like, 100 yards uphill. And um, you, we, he, he, would, he, he has, like, this car, and you put it in neutral – and everyone and he has the vest or whatever that that you put on and straps to a chain to the car and you'd have to walk it walk it up um and then when you're too gassed you pass it to the next person and yeah or and you pushed it as well we also did pushing um 
both ways, both. So it was unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we do that. We do uh, races with these big tractor tire flips. Um, yeah. Seeing how far, like, who can throw logs the farthest. Um, just, just uh, we, we'd run up. His farm is like hundred acres or something. We'd do like full laps around, like see who's winning. It's everything's a competition. Everything's good fun. It's all rugby based, and it, it was just the perfect environment. The Ro- I, if, the, if I the, lived closer, I would have been there every weekend. Yeah, the Rossies are awesome people too, just yeah. all around. And, <laughs> and even better cooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were awesome. They're... Yeah, that 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 explains his his uh his awesome frame that he always had. Yeah, he was just <laughs> yeah he was built. He was built from the start. Humongous. All right, so moving on to the second row, we got two lock positions. Um, uh, looking at for it, those two. E- easy one for the both of us, Evan. Um, yeah, arguably, and I I will fight anyone. <laughs> arguably, the best player to come out of it. I don't know. Uh, Un- underrated when we talk about like players to come out, but this is a guy that was scoring three tries against Army, like three try three tries against Custown. This guy, he was just he was un- unstoppable. No Making one could fire. bring him. Yeah, he was. No one could bring him down. It gets it kind of gets lost, um, in you know in the discussion because now we have all these guys going to the draft and stuff. But if Evan was in this time, he would be easy top ten. Oh, it, I agree. He'd easily be a top ten pick. Uh, I, I'd say you can put him in the conversation for best forward. I don't know about best player. Yeah, I know it's it's up for the debate. I remember this homecoming. I was uh debating with the with with bruce about the best players um well you can't debate with bruce because it's either his way or the highway (laughs) he's never lost in his mind he's never lost an argument in his life yeah i I mean yeah that's true i i'm not i'm not afraid to speak my mind to bruce anymore you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) nothing nothing he can do what do you have to lose (laughs) um I mean, the second – I know from my nomination, like my time at Iona would probably be Sarge, Brendan Wayne, uh, mm-hmm. who was really good uh, at lock and He was just built for it. He was so reliable, and he just did all the dirty work and, you know, never complained. Just rock tackle, rock tackle. Um, one of the best scrummers we've ever had, too. Dylan Evans is healthy. I would pick him at luck. Yeah, for me, Dylan is just – I know we, we, always, we always do this, if healthy, if healthy, if healthy. <laughs> he, he, what does that tell you? The guy's never healthy. So, I'm going – like, you ha- it has to – reliability is the most important thing. Um, the, so much skill. He had so much skill. But he can't stay on the field. Skill doesn't get you anywhere. That's true. So, I mean, Dylan, his best game I've ever seen him play was against Army in 2015, um, that upset win. And he's, he would, I've never seen a player make so many wing tackles just stick in people. And it gets kind of lost. Um, I would probably save Dylan for the back line, to be honest with you. Well, well someone with Dylan is he was able to play – Oh, over his time at Iona, he played both locks, both flankers, eight, 
12, 13, 11, 14. He was – he played more, more positions than anybody. Yeah. Yeah, um, he he extremely versatile. So maybe have – for me, I like having versatility coming off the bench just in case, you know, the starter's having a bad game or he gets hurt. So maybe ha- – yeah, maybe we can save him for the bench. But right. it, we're, even with injuries, you got to have him in the 23. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of skill. Um, yeah, if you had like a full season build up to one game and you could just like train for that one game, Dylan is, you know, going to be there because he, he doesn't have to play other games where he's getting injured. He just can go all out for that one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over the long course of a season, Dylan is just, it's hard because, and it's, you know, I'm not criticizing him. Uh, rugby is one of the most physical sports on earth. You're just going to get injured. It's just natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so yeah I mean Dylan I, I, I like him in the back the back line more than the forward pack but I can you know you can put an argument for him really anywhere on the line so up next we have uh, flanker positions and this is probably a no-brainer for at least one of them who do you think Colby who's the no-brainer well, I'm not sure it, <laughs> so many names huh? it's a no-brainer <laughs> you have to it over it um, I mean, Delara, probably, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Delara is just like, you can't not put him in the top. You no. can't, he's just, everything he's done is just based off of Iona Rugby. It, his head is going to get so big from this. <laughs> you have to put him in though. Like the, the if you're not, if I know we were just – I was just saying about reliability. He's probably the most reliable player of all. Like, did he ever miss a game with an injury? I don't know. But, yeah, John, he's just – he's one of those guys you hate playing against, just a pest, just uh, – and you didn't you – didn't, um, this was after um, you graduated and after John graduated and he continued playing for his seven senior years. Um, John was a big try scorer. <laughs> Um, he wasn't getting a balls or anything, but just little offloads, little oh, off, uh, loved getting offloads. Yeah. <laughs> and other flanker, um, I, uh, Petarudi was my choice. All right. Yeah. We're on the same page with that. Not going to argue that one. Eight man. You, you didn't get to play with him, but I personally think this is the easiest one. Uh, Santi Moscolo. Uh, not going to argue it. A lot of hype around Santi, and I've seen him play. He's a uh, <laughs> he's good, so I'm not gonna, you know. There's no, there's no argument around that. Santi's the only person I've ever seen score a, a 60 yard try off an eight man pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Sa- Santi, yeah, he he would be my eight man. So moving um, on to scrum half. So um, I'll concede. I'll concede. <laughs> um, you will not be able to use. Uh, yourselves. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so it would be Connor Buckley, yeah. Okay. During Connor's time, uh, we we beat all the teams that were relatively on our level and all the teams that we were clearly better than, but we never really had a signature win, um, in my opinion. The Notre Dame game at homecoming was great, but, I mean, we were expected to win, to beat Notre Dame. Um, you pin that on Connor because against Navy, Connor had two tries and 
kept us in the game until halftime. So I think no, no disrespect to Irish. Irish was a great player, but he had a better team. Don't you think? I, would agree. Uh, I did not see the Navy game that you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. Connor had, he had two tries in that game. This was it, what was it? The last game last year? No, this was, this wasn't, no, not homecoming. He did play well in that game too, but uh, this past fall. Homecoming, he, homecoming was uh, Notre Dame. Not yeah. this yeah, yeah. But we played okay. Navy, we played Navy in 2018. Oh, okay. I, gotcha. I think. Yeah. I'm getting my years mixed up. Okay. But this past my- fall, we went, we went to Navy and he had two tries in that game. Okay. Gotcha. So, I mean, he showed up in big games. You can't say that he didn't, he didn't show up in big games. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, like, uh, I'm using like the kind of NFL model where you know we, we'll say that the can we agree that the the scrum half is kind of like rugby's quarterback? You can, yeah, scrum half or fly half. Yeah, it depends who you're asking. Um, like, I, I, I'm going off who wins the big game. Like Lamar, I like for for football, Lamar Jackson's better than Russell Wilson at the moment. But if I'm picking one big game and we're playing St. Mary's it, or say they're playing the prime Patriots with Tom Brady. I'm picking Russell Wilson over Lamar Jackson, even though Lamar Jackson's better. Hmm. So this is they, still, they still lose that game no matter who it is. You know, just All right. Tom Brady, but. I think Connor's better, but just for my team, my opinion, I'd rather go with Irish. Uh, for 10? That, you know, I know Powers was playing 10 uh, recently. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed playing with Morrow at 10 for those, for those two years that we had. Um, I have Morrow in my starting lineup, but I have Powers at 10. Just because Powers, in my opinion, is just a more natural fit there. Yeah. A more willing passer. For the twelve thirteen, it's just like interchangeable. You could pit you could put so many people. This is probably going to be the hardest one for me. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, for me, I, a bunch of players come to mind, and uh, these a lot of them are you know my guys. But okay, um, you got Scarcella, who is you know Scarcella. You can't. You can't argue with it. That yeah, he's, I mean, uh, other than he, he's probably tied with Santi and Delar for being the easiest choice, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he he's going in at twelve or thirteen, no matter what. Yeah. Um, but this pool of players that comes to mind is is pretty vast for me. You got Scarcella, and then Mike Marino was really, 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 really good. I was interested to see when his name would come up because he played eight man, didn't he? He did play eight man. And that was just because we had at the time, Andrew Kasanovic had torn his ACL and Andrew also comes to mind for me. And um, I know you guys didn't see much of Andrew, but he is probably one of the best defensive players we have had at Iona. He would just, you know, he stick people and, he was so reliable in that back line. His passing to get it out to the wing, <laughs> I mean, that's up for debate. But he, he, his lines, so straight, so hard. And then his, defensively, he very rarely would miss a tackle. 
so very reliable. Yeah, uh, well, I never saw Mike Marino play center. I only saw him play eight man my freshman and sophomore year. Um, so I, I, I just from that, I, I can't put him there. Um, I, my other choice was Andy. I mean, I only saw him uh, play center for a year, but it, it was for me, it's enough to put him there. My wings are this is, you know, so difficult just because the talent, the talent now is just so vast. It's hard to pick, you know, select players. Um, I mean, LeVar, you know, he has the four year thing, Crow. He, um, five year. Yep. (laughs) Another one that can't get away is, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, LeVar is probably there uh, just because his, you know, his reliability and you know what you're getting out of LeVar. And he's, you know, he, he has the speed for it too. And he definitely, he definitely improved over the years. He, you know, when I was his freshman year, he was so raw. Like he was so hard to play with because he had no idea really what he was going. He was just a flat, like flat line speed. But it come, he worked so hard to get to where he was. Uh, one of the hardest workers, definitely, um, on the field. And he, I think he definitely probably deserves to be in there. So we got LeVar at one wing. Uh, I don't – honestly, I don't know about the uh, um, second wing. I mean, again, it's just, there's just so many people to pick. Greg Amity, Watson. Um. I don't – I mean I, – You could offer powers at wing, more at fly half. Yeah, I could I could do that. I mean, I, you have to put him more on ball. I think powers needs to be on ball more than a wing. Other wing? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm a fraud if I'm not picking myself over anyone else, but I'm not going to put myself – I was I, I was waiting for you to say it, Crow. I don't <laughs> – For the other wing, I'll say if it's – I mean, I didn't have the best footwork when we're playing at a field like uh, like Penn State or something. Yeah, Penn State is a Penn State is a hard field. So if we're playing on a smaller field like Iona, I would go with me. But if we're playing on a larger field where there's going to be, you know, 15 yards between you and your next defender, I would actually go with Colby because Colby actually ended up um, with being a mainstay starter for his last three years he played. Um, I don't know if you know this, Irish, and everyone else that's listening, Colby got an invite to um, practice with Rooney for a little bit this year. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. So being that, say that me and Crow as an hour out of conversation for this wing spot. You have to choose from somebody other than. Uh, so here's, here's me. Uh, why not Dylan Evans out the wing? Uh, if you know you two are out, we don't have a spot for him in the forward pack. I think he's a great wing fit. Um, yeah. In in my lineup, I have him at four just because I wanted as much skill as possible over there. But if he's if we have Sarge um, at five, then D- Dylan is definitely in the wing. 
I, I, I know he, he put he was very versatile, but I really liked him out at wing. Yeah. How about fullback? Um, for me, it's someone that's never really played there before on offense. I'm putting uh, Mike Morrow there. Morrow, Morrow played uh, fullback. On defense. On defense, yeah. Um, which was such an interesting thing that we were doing. Just, uh, I don't hate it. What I would honestly, I know you guys, it's not a household name when you think of Iona Rugby, but ar- arguably the most talented player, and you guys don't know him, was Brian Moyo. Um, yeah. I, the I, mob I, way. I didn't know he was uh, that good, <laughs> to be honest. He was um, – he was nasty. Uh, he was the most – it was, like, whether he wanted to play or not. But, like, talent-wise, he was this guy coming from South Africa, um, playing at one of the elite uh, high schools in – or secondary schools in South Africa. And it was just – he his head was never for rugby after that. Uh, but as, every time he got the ball, like, he played only, like – he. he you know, it was whether he even played or not, like whether he even showed up to the field. But it was just like when he got the ball, it was, all right, try. And I've never seen so open field tackles like he did. Yeah, well, no, I, I know. Everyone says he's really great, but, you know. And, but- and he kicked. And he was mm-hmm. our place kicker. So um, I know we don't put a ton of stock into that, but uh, I would say – that that's definitely a feature that you could add onto the resume on whether, you know, he could play, he was our place kicker. It was a very reliable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, who, who's the 15 now? Uh, I forget his name. It's Bryce's little, I don't know if you know Bryce Stanback. Bryce Stanback. I know of him. I know, little, the, little I know the name. His little brother. Chris Stanback. Is he Connecticut? Yeah. Yeah. Right he's, He's he's really good. Um, I, wa- I, I from the games I watched this year against Notre Dame, and uh, yeah, he 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 was he was fun to watch. If he's only a sophomore now, or yeah, he's a soft going into sophomore year, right? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be nasty once he gets once he gets like some, you know, bulk, bulk. yeah, <laughs> bulk. Uh, he looks like he's like one like a buck fifty. He's, he looks tiny, uh, but he was, he's, definitely, he's definitely in the conversation or, or, or will be very soon. Well, a lot of big names. Uh, that, was, that was fun, guys. I mean, I think you guys put together a pretty good team. Yeah, it, needs, <laughs> it, was, it, it was good. I think, you know, there's just, again, there's so, many, so much talent. Yeah. It's so hard to narrow it down. And this is, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something I want to – invite uh guys like downey and fife to come on and do so we get a better uh wide range of of guys you know yeah i would love to hear what they have to say i'm sure a lot of people would but yeah i thank you guys so much for doing this this means a lot to me thanks colby thanks for putting up with us you know thanks for having me on colby i I appreciate it i mean uh, i've listened uh to your last few podcasts and you know this is a great way to just get more experience for rugby, which like we said before is statistically speaking, America's fastest growing sport. 
Um, it's something that I wish I was exposed to um, before college. I, you know, I've always, I know we've always talked about it, that we would have killed to have like a Xavier rugby experience at our high schools. Um, it, it would have definitely helped our college careers and it would have just been a, a, you know, playing high school rugby, I'm sure it was a great experience. And, you know, for anyone listening, if you do play rugby, stick with it. Um, I'm glad I did it for four years. And if you haven't and you're not thinking about it, give it a try and see how you like it. I'll tell you from my personal experience, I loved it. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, go and rate five stars on whatever platform you're using if you believe that I deserve it. Um, I enjoyed this time with Iris and Crow, and even though it was a little bit earlier in the podcast, I like what Crow said about not putting all your eggs in one basket and being open to the opportunities of your environment like he was. I thought that was pretty insightful and good stuff, Crow. Um, if anyone would like to come on the show, don't be afraid to let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, at Believe in Rugby, at C2. And uh, if you have any ideas as well, don't be afraid to drop them in the comments of the platform you're listening to or on social media. Um, But that wraps up this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and I can't wait to give you some more next week. And also shout out to uh, Believe in When Your Sport Ends. They had me on their, uh, their show a couple of weeks back. They just released the episode this past week. So check that out. Check out some more content of uh or some more information about my story uh it's a pretty i think it's a pretty good episode so definitely check them out when your sport ends it's great to listen to if you're somebody that's transitioning away from a sport coming out of college and um they have a lot of former athletes on that make for some good conversation so check them out and i'll talk to you guys next week For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.